Hello and welcome to Podcasting is Praxis. We're back after a small hiatus because quite literally the uh, dog ate the last episode. But we're back for more fun shenanigans and above all to cancel everybody on every other podcast because they are all bad people for some reason. I'm Rob and with me tonight are uh, John. Hello, because everybody else has been cancelled, I've been brought back for an episode. And we have one of our many Jameses. Hello, as a member of the white working class, I by definition cannot be cancelled. And we have Alistair. Hi, yeah, me again. Um, I'm currently broadcasting live from uh, the midst of a pub. Tim, uh, Brexit Tim, is with me. We've been cheersing the defeat of this virus for the last... uh, Five days. Also, I just want to bring attention to the fact that you have essentially referred to David as a dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, David actually, uh, his his computer ate his own recording. I would never refer to him as a dog. Mm, yeah, suspect. Although he, he is Haram, that is for tr- definitely true. Um, no, but it's good. So everybody's been, been down, down in the pub, been at the local Spoons at 6am last Saturday. I haven't left. <laughs> Uh, I've basically just become fused to my fucking desk chair at this point. Like I'm, I've been working from home because I've, uh, you know, uh, getting transport into in central London probably not a good idea. So yeah, um, becoming one with the chair at this point. Pretty much the same, stuck in the same four walls for the last four months. I, my sanity is at an all-time high. Actually, I'm a video game player, so I've, I don't mind being stuck in the same four walls. <laughs> So none of you were there to boost the British economy. Like, shame on all of you. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not, I wasn't uh, brave enough to throw myself into the volcano of the virus to, in order to make the line go up again. <laughs> I think several pubs have like had to close and are de- like desperately trying to contact everybody who was there because mm. they've been having like a series of localised outbreaks again. Oh yeah, like um, obviously because there's there is literally no infrastructure for uh, track and trace. Uh, the only uh, way that pubs have been finding out that their patrons have been like have te- like tested positive for the virus is because they've called them in. Uh, like the customers have called in and told them, and they've gone, "Oh shit, we need to <laughs> call everyone who was in here for the last like three or four days." So yeah, um, it's going great, um, and that's why we're continuing to just have everything open so that everything's fine now and it's fine and you should stop worrying about it just just go out go to the pub go to the gym go shopping yeah yes. go shopping get as drunk as yeah. you possibly can good uh, some actual good advice but like nobody needs to leave the house for that like i certainly don't you see this would be the best opportunity right now to open up the weed dispensaries yeah that is actually a good point you know but, you, then you'd be helping local economy everybody will be blitzed out of their mind so they won't care what shit we're in Local farmers, too. Exactly. New industry, new business. I thought the toys were a new business, but I see nothing. Terrible. No. <laughs> but we'll get into the whole matter of the Tory new brain fart for, for business support. But I think first it's really important that all of us vibe hard and, and open our third eye because uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's finally been arrested. So yeah, rest, all, it's... In, rest in peace. Her um, extremely long running uh, Reddit account, which is apparently some like one of the highest amounts of karma on the website or something. Which... Can somebody explain this to me? Is is this now a real thing? Because I've seen this and it just honestly, it just looked like, you know, people's Epstein's brain getting to them. This is an actual thing that she was like a, a Reddit mega poster. 
Uh, <laughs> the latest developments on Twitter, no. Somebody's been I using mean, well, these I mean, since she was locked up. I mean, at this point, who cares? Like, it may as well be. Like, what difference does it fucking make? Like, uh, as far as I'm concerned, she might just be, you know, like a hallucination that we've all, you know, had together and she doesn't actually exist. She's just part of the Matrix. But, um, yeah, sure, why not? She's like, you know, a mega poster. She's like, um, got every single secret on every single billionaire and millionaire in the entire world. Yeah, why not? Who the fuck? Who she the was fuck also personally responsible for kidnapping Madeline McCann, which was another revelation <laughs> from Twitter. Yeah, yeah why, why not? Throw, throw that in the fucking pile as well. While we're at it. <laughs> How delicious would that be, though? It would be amazing. It would just be like if we could just solve all the threads at once and that maybe... And then she mysteriously dies of coronavirus in the same prison cell as Jeffrey Epstein was held in. <laughs> I know. I think one of the guys, like the, the warden of New York prison, said that she should definitely be put on suicide watch. Probably like in the same, <laughs> ro- in the same room with the malfunctioning cameras like Jeffrey Epstein. It's just a big misunderstanding because they, they don't understand that suicide watch doesn't mean you watch them as they commit suicide by having their high odd, high odd bone mysteriously break. Imagine I posted that scene from that one Simpsons episode where the factory collapses. <laughs> now, I hear that she provided a pig's head for a certain Tory party about uh, 20 years ago. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's, that's, not, that's great, not a but... very nice thing to call Robert Maxwell. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or indeed Robert Peston. It was it was quite interesting like the ripples that her arrest sent out throughout Twitter, or the, the number of accounts that have just mysteriously locked themselves. Like, hmm, people with like millions of followers. It's like, okay, like, what exactly are you achieving by doing that? But whatever. Yeah, my absolute favorite's been um, Alan Dershowitz, who just like for no reason all of a sudden started tweeting. You know, every time I went to Pedo Island, my wife was with me and she held my hand the whole time. Therefore, I am definitely innocent. The thing is, it's more insane than that, because he's like, if they've got these videos of me allegedly having sex with all these children, they should play them, because I know they definitely don't have them. It's like, okay, do you do you know that for a fact, that they don't have these very specific videos that you're describing? My, I'm not a it's... paedophile shirt. Answers all, all the questions that uh, people keep asking about my, I'm not a paedophile shirt. Oh, it is just it is just more signs of the the hell world that we live in. But at least it's interesting. This is one of the ones that I'm just sort of kind of kind of yeah, I like my third eye being open to See, the possible truth. I I disagree with that because it's it's all been profoundly boring to be honest. Because it's just like well, of course we, of course like all these people are ridiculously powerful people who are doing these extremely disgusting, horrendous things and. Like the most surprising thing that has happened is the fact that she was even arrested. I mean, the fact that mm. Epstein was even arrested was extremely surprising. But like, it still the rest of it is just really boring. But it's really boring in a really depressing way. I'm honestly surprised they didn't just come down with a serious case of polonium poisoning or similar. But wasn't she living like apparently in some like various very luxurious um, estate somewhere in New Hampshire, just like essentially chilling for a year and and you know sending anonymous letters or something? Uh, I believe they call those posts on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, but I think in the meantime, what I'm very happy with, and especially because like we talk quite a bit about Black Lives Matter in the last couple of episodes and stuff, but uh, we solved Keir Starmer specifically has solved the racism. Yep, we're done. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Done. I mean, uh, Jer- Jeremy Corbyn, just why didn't you push the button? It was right there. Yeah, 
Like, the whole time. I can't believe it. <laughs> Literally a button just saying send email. <laughs> it's this is the uh sorry just this is just the the, the story that um Keir Starmer he said in some interview a couple of days ago that he, he referred to Black Lives Matter as a moment which I thought was very special uh and then obviously ate shit for it everywhere um to which his response was to, to send to all Labour MPs and himself a 20 minute online course on um unconscious bias and, the, and that, this 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 all happened in between him taking enormous, you know, big slurpy gut mouthfuls of uh, police dick while he was praising everything that they were doing. Never mind the fact that the whole problem with the UK thinking that because we're not like literally sending people like, you know, hundreds of cops around to minority neighbourhoods to just gun them down in their own houses that therefore we're <coughs> fine. Like, um, p- parties yeah, I mean, apart from all the times that that did happen... <laughs> In the age of coronavirus, people are being arrested for house parties. Those people just yeah. happen to be black. Yeah. Meanwhile, while like hundreds of people were shoving themselves into pubs at the same time, faced absolutely no, no problem with arrest. But it's been very special. I very much like the, you know, the response to "Oh shit, I said something wrong," and I really put my foot in it with the police and BLM. It's just like. It's such a fucking middle management idea. It's just like let's let's have a course, you know. Let's we can solve racism forever, like you said. Yeah. One of the weird things I've been finding though is that with Corbyn, they always used to say, "Oh, you don't make any decisions; you st- you sit on the fence." Whereas I haven't actually heard Keir make one actual statement about where he believes on either side of any topic, anything at all. Well, that's I again. That is not true. The thing that he took took a strong opinion on was calling Black Lives Matter a moment and to call their uh, say that their demands were basically like impossible. Mm. And that's the one time that he's said anything that's even vaguely approaching. Well, then he shuffled straight to the middle again. Oh yeah, as soon as people <laughs> said, "What the fuck was is this?" Uh, obviously, you know, you have to capitulate to any sort of idea that you might that you, the he might generate a bad headline for himself. It's just like, you can't, how do you, how do you, but still manage us to end up in a position where he both pissed off pretty much most BAME communities and also like the hardcore, um, you know, English flag lot on Twitter who just still thought that he wasn't pro cop enough. So it's just like, it's the perf. It's the sort of the they learned all the wrong lessons from, from, from new labor because like new labor was really good at that, you know, sort of, like message discipline yeah and sort of you know um not siding with the left but siding with the right and then sort of reversing course but this is like sitting exactly in the fucking middle not daring to make a call and therefore they're getting literally everybody pissed at you well if we've learned nothing if we've not learned anything else from the media class in the last what four years if you're pissing everyone off you're doing your job right that's how journalism works (laughs) journalism works well, you know, for some definitions of the word work. I was also thinking, guys, we were just talking about Jeremy Corbyn. It's just imagine what would have happened if at like the height of the anti-Semitism hysteria and for everybody who's very sensitive out there by hysteria, I don't mean there is no anti-Semitism in the Labour Party. But um, if you do have a complaint, please tweet at uh, Wizard Cubes. He'll be very happy to hear from you. Imagine at like the height of the anti-Semitism controversy thing, if Jeremy Corbyn had like walked in front of the cameras and said, "All right, I've cracked it. I'm going to send all Labour MPs on a 20-minute um, 
anti-Semitism sensitivity online learning course? Like, what would have happened after that? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't even know why we're pretending that we don't know. I don't know why anyone would be pretending that they don't know what the reason is. And it's obviously because fucking Starmer's a, the darling of the liberal media. Like, there's no two questions about it. it uh, Corwin's a threat to, to that establishment, and Starmer isn't. Like, he is, he is the personification of the fucking nerd. He's not even doesn't even. He's not cool enough to be a nerd. He's just no. A, it's middle management. Yeah, yeah it's, exactly. It's... Like. Of, of, of many criticisms of Ed Miliband, at least he was cool enough to be a nerd, I guess. Like, <laughs> like Starman doesn't even have that going for him, which is something. Did you see him on LBC earlier in the week? Oh my god! Oh my god! Mm. Yes, I did. <laughs> I did not. Tell me about it. Yeah, a Labour MP did a bit of an anti-Semitism. Uh, that was like it was the uh, puppet master's comment. Oh, Reed, right? This shadow business guy or something? Yeah, I can't remember which um, which um, it was. But yeah, it was Nick Ferrari brings it up uh, live on the show saying, are you aware of this? And you've got Keir Starmer there just looking completely shocked, phased, and oh God, my life has ended. The sudden realisation that everything they've used against Corbyn for the past four years is now going to be used against him. Yeah, it t- turns out uh, scorched earth means that you don't leave anything behind. It turns out it means that the next guy is going to have to deal with this as well. Oops. Maybe maybe, maybe it was a bad idea to just completely blow up mm. any sort of sane conversation that people were trying to have about actual anti-Semitism in uh Labour Party and the UK as a whole. And um, now the word has all but become a synonym for... Someone on the left says something relating to Palestine, and now that is that is anti-Semitism. Everything else, nope, that's fine. Uh, In two weeks, it's going to be not just like Palestine; it's going to be like contains syllables, which are now anti. You know. Though I have to, I have to say, uh, because the MP was basically saying about the puppet master thing and how basically you've got um, people paying off the Tories basically for papers, in effect. And well, in effect, literally. Literally, yeah. The thing is, I never thought of that as a Jewish trope in any way. I've never heard it used in any kind of anti-Semitic way whatsoever. I've only ever... The puppet master thing. Yeah. I've only ever heard it as someone in control of another. You know, hmm. the the Jewish elders of the world secretly gathering to control everything. I mean, I mean, I mean, fundamentally, the the, the issue is that the UK is has anti-Semitism through, like, you know in its blood really like it is so yeah like you know, pretty much like all western societies there is a strain of anti-semitism that is just seems very hard or impossible to get rid of oh it's just omnipresent like in and obviously the things that you know even turns of phrase i mean it is definitely possible to have turns of phrase in your in your um, culture that are extremely racist, as we've as we've seen, not just with anti-Semitism, but like anti-black racism and you know um, traveler racism as well. Like there is no two ways about it. The question is, if you like, if you actually want to tackle this stuff, you actually have to you know think about it seriously. But we are that we are just so far beyond that that it is basically not even a conversation that can be had without ugh, just every single right winger jumping down your throat to say, aha, so you were the racist the whole time because that's just what happens now. Because you said the word Israel, that means you must be anti-Semitic. 
Well, if you're talking, like, you know, the idea that if you're talking, like, people accuse uh, accuse you of um, being racist for talking about race. And it's like, well, if you actually want to deal with racism, you have to talk about yeah, you things have that to have been racialized. Some so it's that yeah, one yeah. Kelly cartoon, basically, America where we talk about race versus America where we don't talk about race. Oh, yeah, yeah. The one where it's like America talking about race and it's just a, like a giant hellscape of people killing each other. And the other one is just uh, Idyllic like piece. a leave it to beaver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come by our. I'm really, I'm really big on using visual metaphors when we're doing a podcast here. Well, podcasts famously a visual medium, so... Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you'll turn to uh, page four in your handout, so everyone at home that's listening. <laughs> <laughs> there will be a test later on. It'll take 20 minutes and be about, uh, be about racism. Right. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, but in a sort of slightly less fun bit, um, Dawn but- Butler actually had to, to close her constituency office because of apparently extremely credible um, threats being made against her um, her office, I think. Or even, was it damaged? I didn't catch the details. Somebody threw a brick through the window is what I heard. Oh, I thought that was just um, for when Angela Eagle got her office bricked or didn't because that was really weird. Well, I mean, well, the whole Angela Eagle thing was just, aha, look at all these thuggish Corbynistas throwing bricks through um, Andrew Eagle's constituency office. And there was absolutely no evidence whatsoever that it was, you know, Corbyn supporters. Apparently, they were just a bunch of, you know, like... Right, uh, right, you have like, been doing it for weeks yeah, around, basically. around the whole place anyway, yeah. Right, so I think we've, at the intro, established that it couldn't possibly have been us because we're all weird shut-ins who play video games. Mm. And tweet. That's the other. You know. Yeah, and uh, no one who's ever played video games has done anything wrong. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> ever. Oh, man. Uh, shall we turn to our first uh, topic of discussion today, which is that everybody's cancelled all the time now. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've really had it with cancel culture and I've really had it with online mobs. And quite frankly, if I want to have a very serious tweet um, about how all transgender people are hidden bathroom criminals, then you should listen to me politely and not tell me to fuck off. So you're wanting to cancel cancel culture? I want to, yes. Well, I want to cancel culture in general, but that's, a, it's a, like, I kind of want to start from a blank slate, but that's a different conversation. I cannot believe that the Twitter mobs have finally cancelled me, I write in my national medium of a newspaper and uh, various other columns and on my TV appearances and in my book <laughs> and on the radio like, and oh, on question time spare tomorrow me. Yeah, and on the sofa at, at uh, Good Morning Britain next week and then I'm going to make a song about it and then like, what's his name, um, Lawrence Fox I'm literally going to have a Patreon where people pay me to subtweet Owen Jones. <laughs> I am just a humble billionaire author who wants to do trans misogynistic racism stuff all the time on the internet. And if people are going to tell me that I can't do that, then uh, they are actually cancelled themselves. It really is. It's. I mean, this is also the fucking dialogue that wouldn't die. It just. It keeps coming back, and this. I think this time the triggering. Oh, God, I even use the word trigger. I'm so sorry, everybody. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cancel myself for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> if, if only cancelling was just taking a short break from the internet, because then maybe that would actually do some good. Because if if these people actually just t- had their fucking phones taken away from them for ten minutes, then maybe people would actually think, uh, forget rather of uh, how horrible these people are as human beings. 
But no, the posting must continue until morale <laughs> improves. Whoever it is who's screaming log off outside my house. Mm, screw you, I would never log off. That was it. I couldn't remember how that tweet ended, much to mm. my shame. I think what what we all just need to do is just like make our own uh, Twitter alt account and that just have that account just abuse our main account and vice versa until we've we've corrected ourselves. So you're saying you want us to become a bot? Or, no, or, no, no. Or become Giles Corrin. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I want to do is like some sort of, um, you know, like Maoist self-critique where we essentially write our sins of the year on, on tweets and tweet them to ourselves and then, you know, sort of hit ourselves with sticks. A good old-fashioned that's, struggle that's session. Yeah, I was going to say struggle session, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to read a little bit because it, it, it came from this... It came from the abyss. It came from the abyss, but specifically the the corner of the abyss that it came from is a letter, an open letter in Harper's Magazine, which just sort of, it's very, it's very (laughs) slogan. I have been cancelled by writing my letter to it in a magazine. (laughs) Just just so fucking, just facile and tedious and like completely oblivious. Harper's is like the Guardian in magazine form. It's it's a very sort of lib lib dem blah publication essentially, with the occasional good in, uh, investigative piece. But I'm just going to read a little bit. The first paragraph is just like that. Right wing demagoguery is bad. Blah de blah. Um, yeah, they're talking about how um, that the that open and free debate is becoming more restricted every day. So this is then the the, the quote bit. While we have come to expect this on the radical right, censoriousness is now also spreading more widely in our culture. An intolerance of opposing views, a vogue for public shaming and ostracism, and a tendency to dissolve complex policy issues in blinding moral certainty. We uphold the value of robust and even caustic counter-speech from all quarters. No, you don't. No, you don't. You You are mad about people yelling at you on Twitter. You think that you should be able to just say whatever, you know, garbage, sewage constituent opinion that you've got, throw it out into the ether, and then just have everyone kiss your ass for having the... (laughs) taking the time to actually tell everyone how terrible you are. And when people don't do that, they go, actually, that's a very terrible thing you just said. You go, oh, well, I can't believe that I've been confronted by this intolerance from the supposed tolerant left and it's like fuck off just because people don't like what you've got to say doesn't mean that free speech and debate has become debased somehow no it's like the pretty much one of the very few good things about social media and and twitter in particular is that you can tell all these opinion jerk offs and and jk rowling and all the others that they're actually wrong and they should fuck off and it's just the worst people have signed this thing. I mean, J.K. Rowling has obviously signed it because, well, I mean, you know, of course she she's did. down the fucking turf hole. <laughs> yeah. Um, fucking, da- uh, David I mean, Brooks the, has signed it. The thing it. that really, really is uh, interesting about Rowling. Well, we need to replace McGlynner, don't we? How long do you think before she ends up in parlor? <laughs> Not that she, long. She has made some interesting friends over the last few weeks. Um, you know, People who are essentially, uh, I say essentially, who are like all right uh, shitheads on Twitter. She's been like liking and retweeting tweets like that. And I like, I don't want to just make this a, a J.K. Rowling's tweet episode, but like, it is it is interesting to see how 
she's basically just doing a speed run of Glinna. Like at this stage, it's basically that Harry Potter and the legitimate concerns over immigration. <laughs> well, well, well. To be fair, I use those words uh, advisedly. She hasn't been, um, you know, posting the fourteen words or whatever, but she has been, um, you know. Those those pe- the people that do tweet shit like that have been, um, you know, tweeting in support of what she's been saying about trans people, which it makes gives you know pause for thought for a moment. Like, is this really what you should be doing with your time when you're you have essentially infinite resources at your fingertips and you're just going to spend it becoming mates with alt right shitheads on Twitter and trying to make trans people's lives just immeasurably worse? Yeah, it seems, it seems reasonable to me. It's inc- and it's just like it's all the usual like just centrist melts who for being centrist melts have just like been taken fucking rinsing on Twitter for a year and it's just this is not about restricting free speech I mean as you said before Alistair like the people who are complaining are people who have like multi million dollar fucking book deals and TV appearances and you know magazine covers like i wish we could if the power of twitter could actually cancel people we would never fucking hear from david brooks again or matty iglesias or jonathan friedland or any other marina hyde or any of these fucking dimwits ever again like if if it really did work that way jesus christ i think i think the interesting thing really and the thing about is it really is to do with twitter fundamentally it's because Prior to Twitter, we didn't have this, like, unfiltered, just ley line directly into the brains of the most broken, rich people in the the world. And now we do have that, and they don't, you know, this filter has been removed. Because, you know, generally prior to this, things would go to, like, a publicist or a PR guy before they go out into the real world. And now that that barrier has been removed, this, this this is just... It's great because it shows you that these people are fucking insane for a start. Two, they are fucking miserable and their money has brought them no joy. Their power, their fame and, and has brought so them petulant. nothing. It's, yes. so, it's just like you have all the money. Like if, if I was J.K. Rowling, I would just sit like a big dragon on my hoard of gold and just not bother anymore like i would just i don't know i would just hire circus performers to come to my house every day to enliven my afternoons or something like whatever i don't need to do any of this shit but you know it sounds like a lot more fun to me what posting posting is way more fun mm-hmm. that's true it's like they post for a living how can they not get like the fun of posting what is a book if not a really long post ah uh... it's a tweet <laughs> without a character limit no. <laughs> oh yeah, if I, yeah, yeah. Rowling's so upset that the idea of people trying to limit her free speech—that's why she sacked her editor after she wrote her third book. <laughs> after which, they did all get measurably worse. Essentially, uh, there was a good bit in the Times that was linked by uh, Josh Seymour at Josh underscore S E Y on Twitter, because like we do give credit where credits due, um, where they've given like up a roundup of the of the poor people in culture that have gotten cancelled by the online mob. Um, <laughs> cancel- I'm going to read a little bit here. Cancellation has visible results. The actress Roseanne Barr <laughs> <laughs> saw her series cancelled after being a racist. <laughs> Louis C.K. <laughs> was cancelled, you know, for 
being a rapist. Hmm. Um, Woody Allen, this is the article again, was cancelled over allegations of abusing his adopted daughter. I just want to quickly. I don't think he. I don't think he raped anyone. I think he was. He exposed himself he, and sorry, then masturbated he was, he was in front off. of people. Yes, just yes, to, he was. Louis C.K., please do not sue us. We do not think you're a rapist. We just think you're a massive fucking creep. And uh, yeah. yeah, that 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 what more needs to be said, really. But yeah, like the the list of that, that that this Times article uh, draws in of like to show how bad cancel culture is. So it includes Woody Allen, Roseanne Barr. Um, Scarlett Johansson. Oh, yes. Apparently, she was cancelled for defending herself against critics who complained about her being cast as a transgender man. So cancelled. She's only been in four blockbuster movies since then. Yeah, and yeah. still one of the most recognisable faces in the fucking world. Won't someone please think about the extremely famous and rich for once? This year, the actor Lawrence Fox, i.e. the cunt who's been in absolutely nothing but is only famous be- for being a racist, was cancelled. Well, I didn't know who the fuck this guy was until he did that, you know, yeah, big, exactly. big, Nobody big poo knew. all over himself on Question Time. Nobody knew. Uh, he was cancelled for claiming the Duchess of Sussex had not been the victim of racism on Question Time. I have come to the conclusion that I may never get an acting job again without expressing correct opinions, he wrote. If only. We should be so lucky. And also, he doesn't need to act ever again, because like I said, he's got a fucking Patreon where people pay him to be a cunt to Owen Jones. I mean, I mean, these people are all grifted. Like, uh, well, I suppose technically Rowling's not a grifter because she's already a billionaire. But, um, you know, right-wing shitheads like Fox... Uh, just a fucking grifter. Um, he's the, he's the same sort of milieu as um, you know, Pajama Watso, whatever the fuck his name is. Jo- Paul oh, Joseph, uh, Joseph Paul Watson, P- 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 Prison Planet Paul. Yeah, Prison Planet Paul. Um, and it's, I mean, it's to be honest with you, it's tedious to discuss them because they're just fucking boring people because they say the same shit every fucking time anyone asks them about racism or you know transgender issues it's always the same oh you're gonna cancel me for saying a bunch of slurs oh i see how it is and you know we go through this whole fucking rigmarole and then they end up getting a fucking tv series or you know hundreds of thousands of dollars or whatever the fuck or get made or run to be an mep like um sargon of a card did that time like yeah these people's lives have been utterly ruined by being cancelled for being huge pieces of shit this is that's absolutely the reason why these people have stopped doing these horrendous things like you know having huge youtube followings where they do just you know vaguely covered um fascism since you mentioned youtube in the past fortnight one of youtube's biggest stars jenna marble uh marbles uploaded a video of herself shakily apologizing after receiving abuse for having dressed up as the black pop star Nicki Minaj and making fun of Asian people. Oh, boy. Another YouTube YouTube, uh, star had to apologize for wearing blackface in some prank videos. So you've got two mega YouTube stars who literally blacked up. You've got... It's a social experiment. How mad are people going to get at me for for dressing up in blackface? The answer... (laughs) We'll surprise you. They got very mad. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you've got two people who literally blacked up because they thought it would be very funny. You've got a, um, how do I describe this? A sex, a deeply alleged sex pervert, a man who married his own stepdaughter when she was nineteen, and definitely nothing weird happened there. Um, I'm sorry. Somebody. What the fuck? 
Woody Allen. Oh, right. Oh, I thought we were talking about a YouTuber for a moment. No, no. <laughs> lost, and lost then, the track of the conversation. And somebody who said the fucking, uh, you know, there was no racist element to the whole fucking Meghan Markle story. And it's just like, these people are all fucking garbage. And like, why is the Times like saying it's terrible that these people got cancelled? They're all, they all fucking suck. And it's completely correct that they were told to because fuck they off. they all go to the same parties. They all uh, date the same people. They all move in the same social circles. With Ghislaine Maxwell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ghislaine Maxwell. <laughs> a, a terrifying amount of them do get caught in the same fucking Ghislaine Maxwell photos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Weird, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's every time this cancel culture debate comes up, it's just the most tedious people having the most tedious arguments. And every time... You know, we have to go back and forth on this. And it's just like, just shut up. Just fucking shut up, you people. Jesus Christ. It's one of those things where you almost <sighs> wish the left had the kind of power that the right seems to think we do. Well, I mean, the thing, the thing that... I mean, this is uh, sort of just a continuation of the um, you know the whole fucking statues debate, really. Uh, you know, Black Lives Matter uh, throwing various horrendous statues into uh, various bodies of water, which is something we can all get behind. Idea being that if we, we being the right in this case, uh, change the conversation from one of, uh, you know, black liberation and actually affording an entire, you know, class of people, you know, a lot of black people being working class in this case. Uh, the liberties that they are, they you know, by all rights should be entitled to, and we spin it from that to why are we cancelling people for, you know, saying I love I love Winston Churchill. I can't believe the Twitter mobs would come for me for saying such a thing. Then you don't, you're no longer having a conversation about rights. You're having a conversation about you know tedious bullshit, and that completely diffuses or attempts to completely diffuse any of the momentum that uh, legitimate momentum that uh, movements like Black Lives Matter uh, build up. So it's, it's not, it's not accidental. It's territory that uh, the right feels like they have a lot. Well, they feel like they've got a lot more leverage to actually win that debate because as we've, as we're all very aware, it's a very boring and tedious debate. Being led by just the worst fucking, the worst people. Just, but speaking of very boring debates, and you know, I don't know why <laughs> this is not the, this is like not the show devoted to boring things. But I didn't know how else to do that transition. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we've we've just had the the summer budget released. Mm. Um, so you know, Corona is not just over in the pub, but it's over everywhere. I can now go to Nando's. It's and really cool for Brexit. Looking forward to getting down the pub. Yeah, so can somebody explain the the the, the Nando's bit to me? Okay, so for any kind of uh, restaurant, pub, I don't know if it's going to include takeaways or basically hot food places, on a Monday to Wednesday in August, you can get 50% off your meal per person or £10, whichever is the least. Hooray! Yeah, Hooray. basically we're all getting taste cards for a month. The economy is fixed. Thank you, Nando's, for donating all that chicken to the economy. See, I, I, I reckon Boris just went on to Groupon and just got a good deal, and that was it. That would imply that Boris Johnson has done literally any work whatsoever, <laughs> which I find... He does have an IT consultant, Jennifer Acuri, or however you pronounce the last name. <laughs> <laughs> 
the, the pub gets some money back, um, hmm. and then I get some money back. And uh, well, no, you you pay half the amount, and then the government will pay the pub the other half within a week. So they say. But it's up to ten pounds, right? Up to ten pounds, yes. So that's not much of a discount. I mean, unless you're eating at spoons, like that would be about half off per person. But apparently, not really, because like the this 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 payback system apparently doesn't extend to alcoholic drinks. Nope, it's just food. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, um, I saw um, a tweet by a DJ Chakraborty earlier, which was, uh, which I thought encapsulated this quite well, because uh, you know the government's made a big song and dance about. Essentially, doing um, a Nando's membership card for everyone uh, it cost like half a billion quid, and they were had to be dragged kicking and screaming in order to, uh, you know, spend 120 million to feed kids over over the summer, which is like, uh, yeah, cool, all right. Um, this is a very normal country, so we're happy to spend tons of money on Nando's for everyone, but not for kids because. The economy doesn't have kids in it. Yeah. Question mark. The thing that got to me was I was actually uh, listening to the announcement live, and the build-up that Sunak had for it. It was just like, okay, we're going to try something we've never done in this country before. It's going to be the first time it's been tried elsewhere. You know, this is going to be big. It's going to be huge. You're getting half-priced meals on Monday to Wednesday. <laughs> Up to a tenner. <laughs> Up to a tenner. It just felt like Jesus what? Christ. A fucking Uber Eats offer <laughs> from the government. Yeah, and a promo code Rishi. We were going to have that rumour uh, that they were going to give the high street vouchers out to everyone to kind of stimulate every sector of the economy, not just one. And they, yeah, because you know, it was supposed to be like 500 quid to like spend in Primark or something, right? To yeah. essentially subsidise Bangladeshi sweatshops. Or even curries, whatever, you know, that's fine. I can go buy myself a nice 4K TV, I don't care. Except just pause on for loud technology like that. We're not allowed to have a refrigerator. I mean, to me, the only sort of good thing about it, which, which, I mean, it's very poor pickings, but if you must see the silver lining, which I think at least there's like a government recognition that like the thing you have to do to, to, to clear a recession is that you need to boost consumption and not, you know, drive, pile drive everybody further into the dirt with austerity. I mean, I'm going to say for now as well, but still. But there's some good news. Well, NHS, I mean, NHS nurses get to pay for their parking again after being heroes for six weeks. Yeah. There you go. You're stimulating the car park economy. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see uh, all that consumption of car parks. Well, the, the, the car parks are one of those things that um, I'm in, I know it works that way in the US, and I'm sure it works this way in Britain, even though I haven't done the research. Is that like apparently a lot of um, revenue streams from car parks, the especially the privatized ones, are essentially like sold off to pension funds and stuff through the banking system. So they've been like turned into like a collateralized loan obligation, and then like the the stuff you put into the meter at your local hospital ends up in some fucking um, Bahraini wealth fund. <laughs> fucking, I fucking love to collapse the. Uh... <laughs> the uh, car park market by buying really horrendously horrendously rated like CDOs for fucking car parks. <laughs> <laughs> and of course the only other thing they've done because we've really just fucking reduced the UK economy to weatherspoons and the housing market. Yeah. So there's a stamp duty holiday. Woohoo. Well, I mean, I mean, that's all this country's economy has ever been for, like, well, for the last like fifty years or whatever. It's just <laughs> um, a bunch of people swapping increasingly poorly kept 
poorly insulated houses between each other. Uh, yeah, so it's it's been it's going to be interesting um, how fucked everything. It's everything's up in the air at the moment, and it's it's like I've thrown a bunch of knives up in the air, waiting for all of them to come down just to see how fucked I'm going to be. It's great. I can't understand why they think that the stamp duty uh, cancellation is going to do anything at all. I mean, on several different counts. Number one, only people that were going to be moving house anyway, basically the ones that can afford to move. Are going to get any benefit from this you know first time buyers they have already had up to three hundred thousand pounds anyway anybody else you basically it's going to be for landlords people buying well, yeah i mean stuff like i that. mean again i don't i don't i don't know why this is even like a question like of course it's for landlords it's for people to it's for landlords to increase their portfolios at a reduced cost and you know this is essentially taking more money from the uh out of the public's hands and putting it into private pockets like that's just that's how this government operates it doesn't understand how to do anything else if it seems like it's confused like in the what they're doing doesn't seem to have a point to it you're pretty safe if you just guess that they're probably trying to make one of their mates a bit of money like that is very very easy to guess is there any way you know that in the very fucking limited imagination, certainly of the Tories, but also, you know, now with Labour again, like, is there any way that governments in the UK can cons- think about and consider boosting the UK economy that is- doesn't involve jacking fucking housing prices again? <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. What do you think would happen if the housing, like, the housing market just collapsed? Like, it would be, it would be fucking uh what was it black wednesday all yeah. over again for the tories and that would just be in, like inconceivable in in uh, the current like intellectualism of the, of the right thing is it it's going to happen at some point they just keep pushing it further and further down the road and it's just going to crash harder when it does the line can sorry the line can only go up 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 on housing prices yeah yeah, nothing bad has ever happened by pumping more money into a bubble. Ah, and what I find what I find sort of interesting as well is, is like this this um the 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 stamp duty holiday is going to go until March thirty one of next year, and then Sunak says that it's it it will save jobs in the construction sector and encourage you know people to move and invest in their homes. So the second one I, I'm very skeptical about is like how is it going to save jobs in the construction sector if it's until March thirty one next year, like. Are they going to build like a shit ton of like new adequate good homes in the next what is it eight months give or take nine months? Like, Damn, imagine how imagine is that if... going to work? No, they're going to do a lot of office conversions. Oh, is that the other? Is that are we doing the like offices on our shanty towns as well? Is that part of the the thing? Mm, won't be long. <laughs> good, can't wait. We can now put up to six stories ah. on on your house without requiring planning permission. Can't wait to sleep amidst the modem cables in <laughs> underneath my desk because it's now classified as a home. You get a desk to sleep under in my day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 just living a life of luxury. It's it's true, but at least hey, every you know the other. I think the other big announcement is that they're going to hand um, employers a thousand quid for every furloughed worker who's still on the payroll in January. <laughs> yeah. It this is this is just fully insane. Like I don't I cuz this it, this counts for I mean anybody that was going to do it anyway. And even people that have already done it. 
Well, I mean, uh, you know, see my previous answer as to why the Tories are doing the shit with them. You know, it's just in order to the people who are going to keep people on, we're going to do that anyway, because a thousand pounds isn't like that's even at minimum wage. That's like full time minimum wage. That's like one month. So um, it's pretty much just another, you know, another (laughs) another handout to um, businesses that don't really need it. Uh, it's not enough to persuade businesses that were would otherwise have gotten rid of staff mm. to keep their staff. It's a pathetic amount of money. And, and the, like, why why is that being given to? Why is that money being given to employers? Uh, well, I mean, again, obvious answer because those are the people who donate to the Tory party. I mean, that's a very simple answer. And like, even the US, in its deeply flawed and fucking stupid way, has just like helicopter drops. What is what was it again? Twelve hundred US dollars or something? Dollars, yeah, yeah. I mean, like hideously ineffectively, like stupidly and ineffectively. But like, why can't you just like give everybody money so they can pay off some debts or you know go to Nando's or whatever? Like that seems like a way better job to just like juice the economy. You know, the money actually goes back into the economy. It gets spent everywhere. Yeah. You guys again. You're answering the wrong question. <laughs> we know. You keep saying, oh, Tory damn, donors. damn. The yeah, yeah. The economy. The economy is sort of um, just is vestigial at this point on the bank accounts of fucking Tory donors. I just ah, oh. um. But I think what we can all rest easy by, and what we can all feel really good about, is that we finally got sensible opposition back. That's really taking it to the Tories with this omni shambles of a, you know, this clearly insufficient uh, budget. This, you know, the bullshit about Corona, where just before we came on, uh, you know, whistleblowers are now saying that the government was literally just like making up the 100,000 um, tests a day target because that was just the order from the political shop. So I'm very glad that, you know, Sir Keir, he's on the case. I feel I feel like my brain has just been like doing backflips, trying to just <laughs> work out what the fuck the point of everything. I suppose everything is at this point, because I mean, like the number of people who, when you know, when Corbyn was leader, were just ragging on how there's no opposition anymore, no one standing up to the Tories, and ugh, I, I feel bored saying it. Like, what the fuck is this if not just complete tacit agreement with the Tories? So, it was either today or yesterday, or like last few days, someone asked Annalise Dodds, like, are you, like, do you support the £1,000 for employees that get kept on after uh, furlough ends? And she essentially gave an answer that was, no, but I'll vote for it. And it's like, my dude, what? Um... Is this, isn't this like exactly what no opposition is? Just having absolutely no spine, no no willingness to actually stand up for any sort of principle that you might have. You're just gonna wave this fucking thing through, it's fine. and you can. They're following their leader. Oh, yeah, you say, oh well, you know they don't have much. The Tories got a big majority. They they can't expect to, um, you know, get that legislation to fail. But it's like, yeah, okay, but. Why the fuck are they voting for it? Like, if it's going to pass anyway, they could at least they. That means essentially they've got more room to make a principled stance. But no, because um, all the fucking wreckers from you know 2015 to 2019 are now in charge of the party, and this is what they 
want. Like, oh, ex- ex- extreme, ex- extreme abstaining on the welfare bill energy. So yeah, and then Keir Starmer is. I mean, I get the point that he was trying to make, but like the headline is just like, you know, the, the this is a bad way of distributing um, support, and and it should go to like sectors in the most need and not to everybody. Um, but like the quote is, you know, we can't support to we the UK can't afford to support deadweight jobs, and it's just like, how do you not even know how to frame phrase something that's not turned into a fucking Tory attack ad within two minutes? And also, just like, what what do you mean we can't afford? Like, is the next move going to be because I genuinely worry that it's going to be that they're going to be the the party of sensible fiscal responsibility and say, you know, look at the size of the debt. Oh, yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, it's so fucking depressing because, you know, John. I mean, John McDonald. Like, say what you will about him, uh, he was very obviously knew how these things worked. But like the idea that you can just say, ah, oh, well, uh, the government's got no money, and then. Everyone, especially if you're Labour, why the fuck? What the fuck? Like, it's not going to convince anyone that the Tories are going to be like worse Tories than Labour are. It's so weird and confused. But I just, I, you know, in closing, I think we should all take a moment to uh, to doff our caps um, <laughs> to the Labour graphic design team who've been churning out some absolute wild-eyed stuff for the last couple of days. It's so bad. Just you see, what they've done is they've gone and hired one of those apprentices that they can get for free from the government. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Just. I mean, that, I mean, that's the real that's the real irony, isn't it? Because at this point, like all the all the young um, artistic people who would have been in the Labour Party or supportive of the Labour Party under Corbyn have obviously just gone well, fuck this noise, and aren't just not going to have anything to do with the party anymore. And that's why you're not going to get any of the like, you know, some of the some of the stuff Labour put out over the last few years. Genuinely, some of it is quite inspiring. It's just no, gone dead. Like it's uh, it's all been replaced by a fucking PowerPoint. And well, uh, what's that's the current Labour slogan? Jobs, 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 jobs. J- jobs, jobs, jobs. It's oh, oh, oh. so bad. Developers, 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 developers. Yeah, I mean, I do want to give a genuine, like, quick shout out to um, Labour Party graphic designers um, at Labour Design, and they're just like uh, they're independents, and they just do like cool designs for for labor because they want to and like you see their stuff and it's just like it's so much fucking better than the shite that the labor communication shop is turning out i mean it's it's um graphic design by committee isn't it let's face it (sighs) let's do i think what we all need to do um and also as a podcast um let's go on uh pop safari let's go to the red wall shall we Let's have a jaunty oh, little hate... visit up north to a lovely town called Lee. Hmm. Oh, I hate getting on the train. <laughs> so expensive. I bet they don't even do. I bet they don't even do avocado toast there. They, they've not even heard of coffee in fucking Lincolnshire. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, if and if they have, I bet they, you can't get a proper frothy one neither. Flat white. That's all you get. <laughs> Ninety-seven <laughs> percent flat white. Hey, this is the latest bunch of bullshit from the Guardian, from uh, the North of England editor, which is just a wonderful title, anyway. Um, and she's had a wander through Lee uh, and found some normal people. 
some normal... Oh, is this, is this Helen Piss? Yes, this is Helen Piss. Some normal, normal people who, mm-hmm. you know, in their normal, normal roundabout way, just have normal opinions about things. Um, so she interviews a bunch of people, um, a school child, um, a, a, a pizzeria owner slash small business tyrant. Slash and, working class man. Yeah. <laughs> and a uh, racist nurse. So, uh, all right, I'm going to read a little bit. I'm going to start you off with the school child. It was early March when we first met Jamie Lee Dooley at her youth club in the uh, in the northern part. Weird to name him after the place he lives in. About to turn sixteen, she just received her national insurance card and hoped to have a weekend job. It's my greatest fear not to have money to be struggling, which is you know fair. We certainly sympathise. Mm-hmm. She heard it was getting hard to get a mortgage and wondered if she'd ever own her own home. Again, that's I think extremely valid and how you know most mm-hmm. people and including I think a lot of listeners to this podcast feel. Um, listening to the summer statement on Wednesday, she asked, who is going to pay for the spending bonanza? All this money he's putting into getting young people jobs is good. He's not spending that money, but sure. But at some point, he's surely going to have to get that money back and he will put taxes up and it'll be my generation who pays for it eventually. That's what I'm scared of. So, uh, like, out of of interest, has has, um, Helen Pierce, like, you know, qualified what this person has said in any way, or she just put it there uh, basically with no context. No, it's just put there without any context and not like okay. Any cool. Qualifiers. So, so, so we're doing uh, you know national credit card shit again. Cool. All right. Sweet. And also, what fucking sixteen-year-old is worried about the size of the deficit? <laughs> like, oh, does it, does this girl have like a fucking vestigial bow tie or some shit? Because like it's oh it's so. Well, like, I don't want to mock a 16-year-old for having shitty opinions, because I had some pretty fucking dumb and shitty ones when I was 16, but it's more like, how you go... but this kid's a fucking dweeb, I'm sorry. Yes, (laughs) yes. (laughs) No, for sure that, but it's just like, how do you find, as a journalist, how do you put this here without any context, and how do you find, because like, and how do you find this guy, Andrew Twentyman, and like, I'm just going to use his name, because he's been fucking all over Twitter all over the day, um... Andrew Twentyman was on the phone sourcing Nduya sausage for his artisanal pizza parlor, recently reopened at under capacity. A first-time Tory voter, um, his Sunak's hospitality package made him feel massively vindicated for switching his vote from Labour. Can you imagine what state we'd be in if Jeremy Corbyn had been in charge of all this, he asks. Yes. Can we imagine how things could conceivably be worse than the worst number of deaths in the Western world per capita? How much worse could it conceivably have been? Who knows? It's just... We would would (sighs) all be dead. Every single person. That's it. Just all dead. Jeremy Corbyn would personally come to your house and give you the coronavirus. He'd come to your house and cancel you personally? I think it's representative, really. It is kind of representative, really, of the sort of long-term decline of the Labour Party because pretty much every... I mean, the not the highest number of votes that it's had was in 1997, where it had 31,000, and every year after that has been less than 27,000, with the 26,000 being the highest in 2017. Every other one's below 25,000. So, yeah, essentially... It is it is representative of what we all know to be the case, which is that Labour has been in decline for the last twenty years, thirty years even, really, after nineteen ninety seven. Um so yeah, it's this idea that 
you know, like constituencies are somehow born into like a party and then if they that, that party ever loses control of a seat then that is therefore represent representative of failure of that party but it's just not the case because you know constituencies change people move like it wouldn't well i mean this uh this one being in manchester is a bad example but you know you've got rural seats that would have been more i would have had more people who would have supported labor in it but because every every single job is in a city now like every job worth more than like twenty two thousand pounds a year for some reason is now in london so you end up getting huge numbers of young people in one place so but there's, means... but there's also there's a third um uh local totally normal normal local resident um who's who's mentioned in this piece again pretty much without any context or you know whatever um and this is uh um no, this was keith park a retired normal nurse um re- recently retired from the nhs where he worked for years as an infectious disease nurse he felt able for the uh, to vote for the tories only after burying his dad He'd kill me and said he was primarily motivated by a desire to cut immigration in a borough that is 97% white. Whole sections of Lee are colonized with new entrants, he said in March, claiming that when he... (laughs) Colonized? You know. He was disappointed that Sunyak had not announced anything uh, to try to recruit new nurses for the NHS. And this is the kicker bit. Think of all the excess deaths we've had from COVID. More than 44,000 have been in my age group, the over 65 have said. Surely the government has saved money as a result. That's 44,000 fewer pensions the government is paying each week. Oh, my my God. They found an actual fucking Malthusian nightmare. Death cultist. Oh, my (laughs) God. Which is pretty fucking rare, but it's just, like... I don't know, Lee. Um, I, on the, the like the 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 pot, uh, had a conversation this morning with someone who was actually quite nice. I thought we were having a good chat um, about this article. Uh, so, like, I I, I really don't want to like say anything about this constituency, but like, I really want to talk about the journalism that Helen Piss has managed to not just like find three, what I'm hoping are genuine outliers. And then she, the the most amazing part is that she hasn't managed to find them once. She's managed to find the exact same fucking people before. Um, or in Lee again, Keith Park recently retired NHS infectious disease nurse, talking about the um, uh, oh, Dominic Cummings goes to Barnard Castle bit. Didn't she give a review on Twitter about the pizzeria? And no, she just said or that the- it was nice pizza, which like oh, whatever. Right. I don't know if it's any good or not. I'm, I'm, you know, like let's let's not be. The I worst. don't think this is a question about the quality of the pizza. To no, be fair. it's more about it. she's obviously been there before. She knows the guy. Yeah, you know, but this is Keith Park, retired nurse and Malthusian. I still think Boris is the right person at the moment, and I don't think people should be making political mileage about the crisis or you know Dominic Cummings breaking all lockdown rules because we should all stick together. Cummings should have fallen on his sword, and guess who's here again? Andrew, 20 man, 51, owns the pizzeria and bakery in Lee. I'm more annoyed with the BBC and newspaper reporters than I am with Dominic Cummings. I don't like people in close proximity at the best of times. We have screens up at the restaurant so people can't get too close. But the media have hounded him. The BBC in particular should be setting an example. I've had to stop watching it. I watch Russia today now and get news from all around the world instead. 
I'm willing to bet that that news primarily comes from some very dark fucking Facebook places. Mm-hmm. I think the interesting thing about uh, this 20-man bloke is that, um, like, so um, he's p- portrayed as, like, this working-class, salt-of-the-earth bullshit, the, whatever. The, the flip um, guy. This is clearly presented as, this is the guy that Labour must win back. And like, I mean, like, um, our own Elijah did a did a great tweet on this earlier about how this guy, um, he's either related to a property developer or that's um, his brother. His brother, apparently, his brother gave him the restaurant. Yeah, and it's like, so wow, how weird is it that this small business owner, property (laughs) developer is opposed to a socialist yeah yeah how did that happen weird weird that and and still somehow manages to fall under the umbrella of working class Uh, it's just like uh, working class business owner with employees uh, i mean it's it's uh, it's just ridiculous at this point like the fact that that anyone even pretends that Guardian journalists have any interest in what someone who is actually working class, someone who is, you know, working a minimum wage job, working in care, whatever, as as if they would give a shit about those kinds of people to the same degree that these, this just pretentiousness and, you know, like deliberate obtuseness about the idea of what, uh, the labor, like the labor, labor party representing working class people, or no longer representing working class people. <sighs> These people just happen to echo the views of Helen Pitt herself, who has farm. She tweeted in, I think it was November 2015, where she said, "Oh, I ran into some Bangladeshi people in this constituency, and not one of them could speak English. Yet they all managed to vote for Labour." Yeah, <laughs> unreal. And you know, and she she keeps doubling down. Like while we're we're going, she, like somebody said, which is you know correct that he, that this guy is not the working class because he's literally a small business owner. Like he is the the, the foundation of the bourgeois system. But yeah, you know, well. to which she replies, "You can be working class and run a restaurant, or indeed be a property developer." No, Helen, just- you <laughs> can't. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I mean, are we? Are we? Un- is anyone under any illusion that you need to have any sort of understanding of what, uh, you know, understanding of what actual politics is? You know, all of the sort of, um, the simplified version of politics, which is the good guys and the bad guys, and all that sort of confusing reality bending shit about uh, which party is the good party or not. Uh, and what actual politics is, which is, you know, the conflicts of class interests, like actually understanding what that is and means. But no, we can only do the surface level stuff at this point, because anything beyond that would actually cause like <laughs> further destabilize things in an increasingly decrepit capitalist system. Unreal. I just like I don't mind people not necessarily getting all the bits correct about whether or not, you know, who is um, working class and who isn't. And like, I, I get that some people don't really get it, but honestly, from like a Guardian journalist, like you really should fucking understand better. And like, you should just, oh, it just does my head in the stuff. <laughs> how dare you, how dare you try and cancel Helen Pierce just because she doesn't know anything about anything. Mm. Yeah, you're cancelled. 
<sighs> After all of this, um, shall we just shall we round off today's fun recording with a uh, a fun round of um, comment or commentary? Yeah, sure. I could do with getting even more mad. <laughs> I could do with getting even more wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're you've been pretty good at commentary. Ah, yes. Here we go. Just to lead on from the previous discussion, um, round one. Red Wall voters are probably contemplating the shambles that Corbyn would have led us into. Judging on past performance, if you can call vacantly gazing into middle distance and doing nothing a performance, we would still be waiting for him to decide whether or not the UK should have a programme of hand-washing. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Okay. That right. socialist programme of hand-washing. Oh, I just, I'm, I'm I, genuinely just lost for words at how it ridiculous could be, that is. It could be anything. I'm going to go with commentariat. I mean that I'm gonna I'm I'm going commentary out because that was that was jaw droppingly absurd enough it, to it probably tip over is the line but I, I I I'm wrong so I'm gonna go with comment. You're gonna go with comment. Hmm. You're correct. It is a comment. It comes from the the Guardian. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Responding, of course, to a uh, Polly Toynbee article. I suppose she knows her audience, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. Um, Going back to cancel culture for the second round. The clamour from groups who insist that all human life is to be understood through the prism of identity politics is the most dangerous threat to culture I've known in my lifetime. It is up to universities all over the world to root out the lecturers, many of whom are Marxist, who are influencing young minds who seem blind to the toxicity of their way of thinking. Oh, fucking Christ. Yeah, <laughs> because every every single lecturer at every single university is, a, is, is literally a Marxist. Karl Marx. Yeah, literally Karl Marx himself. <laughs> yeah, I feel, that, I feel like it's got to be a comment because I see that in comments all the time as basically being anything I don't like is Marxism. Cultural Marxism, but yes. Yeah. The oh, engine light in my car came on. I'm going to go with a uh, commentary at here because I'm cheating here. I think I actually saw the article this was from. Well, you could have at least not told us because now I think. Because <laughs> I'm going to go with commentary as well, although I did sort of suspect that before you, told, you sort yeah, of said it that. Is comment- it is commentary at. It's Ben Lawrence writing in the Telegraph. I just, I just want to say, like, it's been, it's been really edifying over the last few months just watching all of the. All of the like right wingers and liberals, or rather right wingers dressed as liberals, falling over themselves to start talking about cultural Marxism because you know, like, ah, oh, Marxist Corbyn uh, and all that shit has just slowly but surely evolved into calling, um, you know, basically lefties on Twitter cultural Marxists as though. Any actual left winger, every every fucking left winger on Twitter who describes himself, like even vaguely seriously describes himself as a Marxist, probably doesn't really think of things in terms of culture. They think of things in terms of material need. Like, and also, speaking just... speaking of like our previous topics of discussion, cultural Marxism is an extremely anti-Semitic trope because it refers. To oh the... yeah, hilariously. Yeah. To the, to the Frankfurt School, which was pr- literally like, half of the professors there were refugees from from the Nazis. So, well, um, cult, uh, cultural cultural Marxism is um, uh, you know Elijah's sort of a, a, an expert on this kind of thing. Um, is a, a derivative of a cultural Bolshevismus, which is you know essentially yeah. Jewish Bolshevism or you know Jewish Marxism. 
uh, this idea that uh, anyone who is left wing is therefore Jewish in that you know yeah. the whole the whole the whole um right. the whole Nazi thing yeah very weird three. about that um <laughs> round three let's see um ah. yeah let's see if we can talk cultural Marxism yeah, let's go. Yeah. Oh, yes, we can. Um, why should I carry oh, on giving money to a rapacious, amoral industry which is offering ostentatious support to an intolerant revolutionary group waging a violent campaign of intimidation intent on destroying society, ending free speech, and ripping up our history? The Premier League was at it again this week. <laughs> Multi-millionaires <laughs> kneeling like medieval supplicants and sporting their crass Black Lives Matter badges. Okay, I've got to admit, you had me going in yeah, the first half. I, I had no I, idea what you were talking about. I was trying to work out, I thought that was going to be like an extra little thing. What are they actually on about? It's it's about people in the Premier League kneeling for Black Lives Matter. <laughs> and this is destroying society, ending free speech, and ripping up history. I mean, I always find this kind of shit funny, because I've, you know, as, I, as I've gotten older, I've sort of gone to and fro on like my opinion of footballers and as as I've gotten older I feel like I've just got more and more respect for them because they are at its core um most most footballers come from very deprived backgrounds so um you know and um, have to have actual skill well yeah I mean yeah granted that obviously they're generally quite good athletes but like they are they are yeah aware it's... of how shit things are mm. for a lot of people in society so yeah, um, and so comment the fact that or the, 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 commentary. Yeah, well, I I'll think it's going to be comment. a comment. I think, I think that was a little bit too insane to be in commentary, but I've been wrong before. So, what are you going for? Comment. You're all comment. You're wrong. It's Little John <laughs> writing in the guard in <laughs> the Daily <laughs> Mail. Oh yeah, of course. Can we cancel him, please? <laughs> next. And I, I promise you, this is not actually um, the racist nurse, but it's just somebody who sounds like him. Just imagine what a world-beating NHS we would have if all the money wasted on lockdown had been ported to the NHS instead of futilely trying to spend the lives of a very few old or very sick people who represent 1% of the, or less of the population. There would have been lots of spare money for schools, police, social services and more. So let's just do socialism then. Like, that's what this guy's saying. That's what that means. If we just spent the money before we'd had the fucking disaster, then we'd have been able to save ourselves a load of money in the fucking future. No, no, you can only spend the money if you kill a bunch of old and sick people. Oh, oh Christ. This... Oh, my God. I just don't know what to say. I, my... Oh, I have missed is, you playing. It, uh, clearly, a fucking idiot has said this. Because, like... Every... I mean, like... I mean... The moral case aside, the whole fucking idea of socialising all of the, like, you know, human need is essentially because it, it makes it cheaper to do it. And yet, no, we're not going to, we don't do that because we've got an ideolo ideological opposition to it. So if we proposed this this time last year of putting more money into the NHS so that we can afford to combat any sort of massive outbreak of a disease or put more money into our fire service so we don't have like 70 people die in a fucking horrendous fire like tragic fire we are because you're ideologically opposed to it no we can't do that that is the answer <laughs> so but what is it though comment or commentary oh, <laughs> i refuse to answer this question yeah but you're gonna have to okay i'll go commentary i'll go with comment oh fucking commentary 
Um, it is actually uh, a comment yes. from the BBC website. <laughs> of course. All right, one last round, um, okay. and then we'll... I bet that fucking guy moans about lefties in the BBC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, <laughs> for sure. That guy spends a lot of time in, like, although some dark Facebook corners. Um, all right, round five. As Harry spoke fluent woke, and Megan gazed oh, at him with a look Christ. of terrifying, moist-lipped sincerity, I thought... The woke the... fucking monarchy! <laughs> what the fuck? With a look of terrifying, moist-lipped sincerity, I thought, just pay the ransom, please, whatever it costs, let's get him out of there. Should we send in the ACS to extract him? Probably not. Alas, our cheeky prince is no so more. So dressing up in the Nazi uniform is cheeky now? Yeah, that's cheeky. That's just good-spirited yeah. lad fun. Oh my god, fucking, yeah. The, the woke fucking heir to the throne, or former heir to the throne, or whatever the fuck he is now. Oh my god. Yeah, but it's all under the influence of the, you know, evil witch queen Megan, which had nothing to do with racism. Being in love with uh, a non-white person is wokeness. Like, yes. <laughs> that's where we're at now. But we can't even send the SAS to save him, which is what I, the bit I love. It's just like, yes, let's send the SAS to California to their 12-bedroom mansion to, like, get him back and, I don't know, beam episodes of Little Britain well, into the, his well, brain. Well, the, the subtext of that is to also then shoot Meghan Markle, obviously. <laughs> like... Don't give them an idea. Don't live of heaven this into existence. You're not Jamie. No, I'm not, I'm not that power. I'm not powerful enough to do that, unfortunately. Or, well, fortunately, rather. So, what's, can I have your final answers, please? Oh, God. No. Uh, do I do I think a journalist would write that they want the SAS to shoot Meghan Markle? Yes, I do think that. I'm going to say commentariat. Mm. I'll go with uh, commentariat and I'll double down and go with the Daily Mail. No, I, I think the, the, the libel lawyers would have to stop it, surely. So I'm going to have to go with comment. It's the only way, please. It's Alison Pearson oh. writing in the Telegraph. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Of course, of course, she once had to happen. Of yes, course. yes, that is how, that is the sad fate to which we're all accustomed. Uh, yeah, so it's been, it's been a hell of a couple of weeks, hasn't it? It's been, I don't know, fun for everybody, hmm. whatever. Um, but it's about to be summer or something. Um, and we can all go down to the pub. Yeah, we can all <laughs> go down to the pub and cough in each other's faces to feel better. But yeah, um, so next, I think next recording is going to be um, from the pizza parlor. Uh, we're going to have the uh, the working class Nduya Saudo pizza, and it's uh, uh, going to be half price at least. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be half price. <laughs> uh, oh. No, we've got some more stuff in the works, and we promise that we'll be back on a slightly more average rotation than the the break we've had. Um, but as said, that was due to technical difficulties. You guys want to? Add anything or plug anything? Please, please save me from this hell. I've had enough. I want to get off. It has been a treat to have you back. All right. Should, should we just end the fucking podcast yeah, now? Yeah, we're just going to end it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's it. Um, everybody, whenever, whenever and wherever you're listening, have a lovely day and we'll see Bye. you soon. Bye. Thanks. Bye. See you later. Bye-bye.